Upper Frisco podcast. To learn more about UR Frisco, please visit UpperInFrisco.com. Well, I'm so grateful this morning. How many of you are ready to really experience God's grace? Are you ready? Amen. Let's just close our eyes and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Holy Spirit will lead us in all truth. Jesus, you said, the spirit of truth will guide you in all truth. And this morning, oh God, I invite spirit of truth to unveil Jesus as never before to us, Lord. So that when we behold him and his beauty, that oh God will be reminded how much we have been loved and cared for. I thank you for what you're going to do, oh Lord. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, come and do that only you can do. Help me to lift up your name, O oh God. And O oh Lord, help me to demonstrate the love of Christ in the right manner. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Last year when I came here and I ministered, both here and end of the year conference, a lot of people began to approach me on my social media asking if I would coach them uh, on righteousness. You know, so many people battle with this thought, like what Pastor Jeremy was singing here. You know, some truly get into that river of joy and jump and swim, but some stand aside and keep looking at it thinking, I wish I could be there. Because they constantly allow their sins to overtake them. So um, I want to show you a scripture in the Bible. Can we have it on screen? Proverbs chapter 5, verse number 22. I'm going to show it especially from uh, Passion Translation. You know, have a look at the screen. See what it says. Beware that your sins don't overtake you and the scars of your own conscience become the ropes that tie you up. Just keep looking at that verse for a while. And see, how do you do with this verse? Many a times we think it is the devil who is tying us. Let me tell you, my friend, devil has lost his ability to tie church. Our real problem is no longer Satan. Our problem is our conscience. And this morning I believe there is a grace that your mind will be renewed in such a way that from this moment onwards you will be established in the righteousness of God. The gift that God gives to the body of Christ so that we will rule and reign in our lives. Amen. So the scripture says here, beware that your sins don't overtake you. Listen, my friend, falling in sin is fine. Righteous may fall seven times, but he will get up again. So falling is not really an issue as long as you get up back and keep pursuing Christ. But what is the problem is, if you allow your sins to overtake you, what does that simply mean? If you allow your sin to be ahead of you and your eyes now behold your sin. When you're driving, when the car overtakes you, what do you see? The car that is ahead of you. So when your sins overtake you, what happens? You become conscious of your sin. Rather than the grace of Christ, you become conscious of your sin. And what does it do? It scars your conscience. And those scars become the rope that tie you up. 
Many people in the body of Christ are not able to do exploits in the kingdom. It's not because, you know, they don't know the Bible. It's not because they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not because they don't pray enough. It's not because they don't give enough. No, they are amazing people. It's re the real reason why they are not able to do exploits in the kingdom is because their conscience is scarred and has become ropes that tie them up. So I thought, you know, God gave me this revelation to untie those ropes. And the anointing that I carry will really untie you from those ungodly ties that held you from soaring high in the kingdom. So we started a course which is called Established in Righteousness. I, I would like media team to put this, um, the QR code, please. <coughs> Excuse me. So this is a QR code. You can take your phones and just, you know, um, click the picture. It will give you all the details on the QR code of the details, what to expect from this course. It is a 12-week course that I'm going to do online with people, and I'm going to mentor them on how to allow Holy Spirit to reprogram their soul so that they can walk in obedience of God with a clear conscience so that they can experience the fullness of joy that God has for them, so that everything that Jesus paid price for, they will not be deprived of, but they will actually rejoice and actually be like Pastor Jeremy, what he is doing up here, rejoicing all the time. <laughs> so if you have issues with, you feel not good enough. If you think, I wish, you know, I could be like him. If you think, oh, you know what, I, I am so-and-so, and I want to be so-and-so, and your mind is always accusing you, there is a voice of accusation within your heart, within your conscience, that disqualifies you from attempting great things for God, this is a great course for you. And in 12 weeks, I tell you, you will know the truth, and truth will set you free. Amen? So I want to encourage you to sign up for this, Ask your family members and friends to sign up for this and your life will never be the same again. Amen? So let's dive into the word that I have for today. Let's open Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 22 and 23. Book of Kings are amazing. When you read these kings, all the kings have been divided into either good, good king or a bad king. And there is one thing. If he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, is called a good king. If he did that was not right in the sight of the Lord, he's called bad king. Simple. In 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 22 and 23, the Bible says, And Hazael, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. Now think with me. Hazael, king of Syria, began to oppress Israel, the chosen one of the Lord, the chosen people group of the Lord, all the days of this king Jehoahaz. When I begin to study this word, the word Hazael means the one who has seen God. And the word Jehoahaz means the one who is in the hand of God. So what is it saying? It's saying the one who has seen God is oppressing the one who is in the hand of God. When you take back and think really, devil the Lucifer, he saw God. But he wants to torment the church which is in the hand of God. 
Jesus said, you are in my hand and no one is able to pluck you out of my hand. Amen? He said, my father who gave you is mightier than all and no one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So my friend, I want you to know this. Even though our reality is that we are in the hand of God and no power on earth can pluck us out of his hands, this is an established truth spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us still feel insecure. Many of us still are scared of our tomorrow. We are still doubting. We are still disbelief. We are, we are living in disbelief and we are horrified when looking at the news of what is happening. My friend, I want you to know this. The Bible says that the Hazal king of Syria oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. Next verse says, but the Lord was gracious to them. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says, but the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion on them and turned to them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and would not destroy them or cast them from his presence until now. My friend, let me tell you, nobody prayed that God save us. Their man of God, just few verses ago, before, before this scripture passage, just few verses, Alicia died. Imagine, during the days of prophets, kings would go to the prophet to inquire of the Lord what they should do. Now that prophet is dead. And now there is this enemy who is oppressing all the time and I don't have a man of God. I don't have a spiritual covering. I don't have someone who sees God. There is no seer in the land. Who should I go and inquire of the Lord? And they have become people who don't have a resource from where they can take it. But you know what? Even though they felt that they were all by themselves, the Bible says the Lord was gracious to them. The Lord was not only gracious, he was also compassionate to them. He was also, because, and, and he was compassionate, compassionate to them and turned to them. Think with me, God turned towards them. Do you know this about you? That when any me wants to try to bring discomfort to your life, there is a mightier one who is gracious to you. There is a mightier one who is compassionate on you, and he turns towards you. He turns towards you. Here we see, why is God doing that? In the days of this king, Jehoahaz, the answer is not because of what Jehoahaz has done. The answer is because Lord has made covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, even though Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob died, Lord continues to keep his covenant. Now listen, if I make covenant with Jeremy, that covenant is subjected to what he does in response to who I am. But when God makes covenant with us, it is not subjected to how we behave, how we react. It is subjected to his loyalty, his character. How many of you think that if God had respect for his covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how much more he has respect for the covenant he made with his son, Jesus? On the cross, when Jesus made a covenant in his blood, my friend, there is no going back for God from that. 
And in that cross, you have been accepted. You have been forgiven. You have been redeemed. You have been paid for and you have been purchased. You belong to him now. You are not someone given to the spirit of oppression. You are someone who have obtained grace upon grace. What does grace do? Paul came to Jesus Christ and said, in prayer, he said, Lord, there is a thorn in my flesh. Three times he came to the Lord with this question. There is a thorn in my flesh. There is something that pulls me down. There is something that is a reason of sorrow to me. There is something that gives me sleepless nights. There is something that is a discomfort to me. Lord, can you remove this? What was the answer Jesus gave? My grace is sufficient, meaning my son, if you tap in into my grace, you will overcome that thorn. If you live in my grace, you will overcome that thorn. The problem is we want God, will you remove this thorn? God says, I have given you a tool called grace. <coughs> Excuse me. Apply that grace into your life. Get involved in that grace. Give yourself in that grace. And once you give yourself in that grace, that grace will change the game for you. You know, you look into the word and it may surprise you that the way Jesus us, thank you so much. The way Jesus gives us grace, it's not based on our circumstances. It is out of the fullness of Jesus we receive grace. What is the source of our grace? If you read John chapter 1 verse 16, the Bible says, out of his fullness. Hey, it is not out of your fullness. You know what devil tells us? Your grace is out of your fullness. And so the day when you have prayed and fasted and worshipped and danced, you are very confident because you think, I am full of grace today. And then there are days when you have done something that you should not have done. You think, I'm out of grace today. Why? Because what you have forgotten is, hey, the supply is not from you. The supply is from him. So I don't die on grace. Do you realize that? His grace is, what does that mean in America? What does sufficiency mean? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More than enough. My friend, do you realize something? That you don't live out of your own supply. You live out of his supply. If you watch the news, what is happening with America, it's going down morally, it is going down ethically, it's even going down economically, and many of the people, politically it's going down, many of the people look at it and are scared for their future, for their children's future, for their ministry future, for their church future, oh, you know what, we have to do this, and we are out of, we, we are out of resources, we are, hey, come on, your supply is from Jesus. Since when did you think that we are by ourselves? It's not the church, the body of Christ and he the head. And the supply comes from him. And when we understand that the supply comes from him, I want you to know there is no recession in him. I want you to know that there is no shortage in him. I want you to know that there is nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken in him. 
I want you to know there is wholeness and wellness in him all the time, in all seasons, at all places, in all circumstances. That's why the scriptures say, he leads me into a victory procession. Hallelujah. Why? Because we live off his supply. You know, for those who are theologians here, I want to draw your attention to something, what Jesus did. What Pastor Jeremy was singing is going to change your life. Open with me, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 26. <coughs> Deuteronomy chapter 31 is the chapter which is a departing chapter of the servant of the Lord called Moses. How many of you know that Bible says that the law came through Moses, right? And now Moses has come to the end of his rope. That's the last discourse publicly he is giving to the elders of Israel. After that, Moses dies. But look at what Moses is doing. This is, this is crazy. When you open the scripture, it says, okay, can, can we go to Deuteronomy, please? Deuteronomy 31, 26. Okay, it says, Moses is saying, be strong. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, verse number 26. Take this book of law and place it beside the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. Okay. Moses wrote the law, right? God gave him. Now, final instructions of Moses to Israel, all the elders. Hey, listen, this is the book of law. Take this. Where are you supposed to keep it? The Bible says, place it beside the Ark of Covenant of the Lord your God. Other translation says, place it inside the Ark of Covenant. Okay, so you place it inside the Ark of Covenant that it may remain there as a witness for you or against you. So everything that Moses wrote, was it for you or against you? Oh, oh. Now watch. What Moses wrote is not for you, it is against you. Turn to someone and say, what Moses wrote is against you. It's not for you. It's against you. And the problem is this. Where do you keep this? In the Ark of Covenant. Now, you know what is amazing? In Moses' tabernacle, there is an outer coast. Yeah? Then there is an inner court. And then there is most holy place. You, you all remember that? Okay, this is Dallas. Everybody knows scripture. Yeah. So, praise God. Now, guess what? Devil can come in the outer courts, right, of the tabernacle. He is prohibited to come in the inner courts. So all the accusation that happens is outside. When you study the tabernacle, the, the, the temple of Ezekiel, in the book of Ezekiel, it says that the spirit of jealousy sat on the door that opens towards the east side of the tabernacle of the Lord. Now think with me. Enemy has access there. He can accuse the brethren there. He can accuse the church there. He can all outer coast. He cannot come into the most holy place. My friend, in most holy place, who accuses you? It's not devil. 
It's Moses. It's the law that accuses you in the most holy place. And the Bible says that it will remain there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank God. God eradicated the Moses' tabernacle and set up the tabernacle of David. Do you know why God is rebuilding the tabernacle of David? It does not have voice of accuser. I'm going to show you something so powerful today. It will change your walk with the Lord. Because the Bible says, the book of law, take that book, place it beside or in the ark of covenant of the Lord your God, that it may remain there as a witness against you. So think with me. The very place of God's presence had a witness against me. No wonder people died there. No wonder high priest died there. Why? Because no matter how good you are, inside there is a permanent witness kept against you. Now listen, watch with me. We have a body, which is an outer coat. We have a soul, which is the holy place. And we have a spirit, which is most holy place. The law gets into our spirit and becomes the voice of accuser from inside us. Now you can bind and lose devil rest of your life, but never get free from the inner voice that destroys you. Inner voice that condemns you. Inner voice that puts you to shame. Inner voice that judges you all the time. So people may come into the church setting and dance and jump, but when they're alone, they're crying and they feel lonely and rejected and fearful and ashamed of themselves. You know why? Because there is a voice. The voice inside their spirit. And it's from your spirit that that accusation rises up. And you may go to deliverance ministry and cast every demon out, but that voice will still remain. The problem is the voice is not of devil. It is the voice of the law of God. You say, pastor, but isn't it God gave this? Yes, God gave this voice to show how wretched you are so that you may come to his son to be healed. The law was a diagnostic machine. Jesus is the remedy. Law was never the solution for our sin. Jesus was. You know what Jesus said? I am not your accuser. Moses is. Remember Jesus said that? Hey, I don't accuse you. Moses accuses you. When did Moses accuse me? Take this book of law. Keep it in the most holy place, beside the tabernacle, beside the Ark of Covenant, as a witness against you. So guess what? I enter into most holy place. I have incense. I have taken blood. I have come into worship. I am doing everything that I need to do, ritually, ceremonial, everything. But yet, there is a voice before God that accuses me. And this voice is the word of God. This voice is given to Moses by the Lord. Not for me, but against me. And so many of us continue to live under old covenant. My friend, you choose to live under old covenant, you are choosing to remain under accusation and condemnation and guilt. Guess what happens? Now let's go further and read. 
Next verse, please. <coughs> Can we have next verse? Just, just scroll it up. Yeah. For I know you are... Now, now this is the departing speech Moses is giving. See what he's saying. For I know your rebellion and your stubbornness. Behold, while I am still alive with you today, you have been rebellious against the Lord. How much more than after my death? So what Moses is saying, hey, first of all, I am giving you a book of law. That will be a voice of accusation against you in the holy place. And I am prophesying over you that when I die, you will become worse. I prophesy over you that you will be rebellion. You will be rebellious. You will be stubborn. You will become worse. In my, while I was alive, you were bad. But when I die, you become worse. And the voice of accusation will accuse you in the most holy place, in the presence of the most high God. There's no chance of recovery for us, man. There's no chance. What poor animal's blood can rescue us from this? No blood, no blood sacrifice of any animal in Old Testament was powerful to remove the book of law from the holy place, from the most holy place. The testimony against me stood there all the time. Now guess what happens? Next verse, please. Assemble to me all the elders of your tribe and your officers that I may speak these words in their hearing and call the heavens and the earth to witness... What a departing speech. <laughs> and look at, he, he's going to anoint Joshua to be the next leader. And what is heritage he's giving to Joshua? <laughs> look at this. It says, assemble to me all the elders of the tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their hearing and call the heavens and the earth to witness against them. Hey, the law can never be for you. Now what happens? See, next verse. For I know that after my death you will act corruptly and turn from the way which I have commanded you and evil will befall you in the latter days, for you will do that which is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to the anger with the work of your hands. So this is what is a synopsis of what Moses presents to the Israel. Hey, I have been on mountain with God 80 days. I have got the tablets of the law, and this is the news, which is no good news. Why? Because this is a doom news. Do you know the law does not have good news in it? This is the proof. Moses said, it will be in the most holy place, but it is against you. You come to outside under the sky, the sky is against you. You are walking on the earth, earth is against you. Why? Because I'm calling all of them against you. And not only that, when I die, you're going to become more worse. Hallelujah. <laughs> Welcome to Moses' party. There's no good in law. Next verse. You are going to provoke God for anger. So that means the best law can do is make God angry on you. Is that right? The best contribution that law has is it can accuse you. It can make God angry at you. And you are a hopelessly miserable person with no hope. 
Next verse. Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel the words of this. So what was the song of Moses? Pastor Jeremy's song is so better than his song. Man. Aren't you glad that you're not under Moses' song and you're under Pastor Jeremy's song? It's all good news. It's all good news. It's all good news. Come on, give a clap offering to Lord Jesus Christ because, because our song has been changed. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, our song has been changed. Our song has been changed. You know what's the funniest part? Moses not only sang this song to the assembly of Israel, but he actually told them that you have to continue to sing this song to all your generations. Read next line, next verse. Next verse, please. And the Lord saw this. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Go, go, go before. We have, come back, come back, come back, come back. We are still in 31 chapter. I think that translation is... Give ear, O heavens, and let me speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. Oh, this is verse number 31. But anyway, if, if you read all that chapter, I, I've been reading K, King James Version, and so it's a little different here. But what I want to say is, majorly, Moses had an assignment to sing this song and teach all the congregation of Israel, let their children learn this song. And what was that song? A song of guilt and condemnation. A song of pain and sorrow. A song of depravity from the hope and the love of God. And most worst thing, you know what? This song was supposed to be in the most holy place. So you come into the presence of God and you're accused. What do you do? But one day, mightier than Moses showed up. My Bible says, law came through Moses, but grace and truth came to Jesus. And my friend, he also wrote a song. Moses' song was, I call heaven and earth against you this day. Moses' song was that you, will, are, you are stiff-necked people and you're going to die. God will be angry at you after my death. Jesus changed the lyrics on the cross. His opening lines were, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. The song in the most holy place changed. His last line was, it is finished. Think not that I've come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. So every accusation that the law ever had came on my Jesus when God made him sin on behalf of you and I and judged all that accusation on that one man hanging on the cross so that you and I become righteousness of Christ. 
Paul said it in this way in Romans chapter 5. He declares this. He's saying that, you know, the one who knew no sin, God made him sin for us. Think about it. The one who was born pure of a virgin had no thought of sin in his mind. Completely pure and holy after the likeness of God himself personified as God on the planet. Walking word and talking word of God on the planet. Such a holy one. Born of the spirit of the Lord. On the cross became sin for us. Now, my question was Jesus sin because he committed sin or God made him sin? See, we, we have no problem believing that Jesus never committed any sin, yet he became sin. But we have problem believing the next half of that verse that says that he who knew no sin became sin, so that we become righteousness of God. In him now we have a problem that I believe Jesus became sin but I can't believe I am righteousness of God why because there Jesus was holy man he became sin yeah but he never committed sin so how is it possible that the one who never committed anything wrong actually became wrong and I who always committed wrong actually became right go and ask this to God but that's what he did when he changed the song, he changed the voice of accusation from within our spirits. He changed the voice of accusation. And that's why, you know, something so beautiful in the scripture. You come with me to Romans chapter 8, please. Romans chapter 8. You know, I love that the blood of Jesus speaks better than the blood of Abel. It speaks better things for us. What, what the blood of goat and bull and all the animals could not do. Book of Hebrew tells us that Jesus entered into the most holy place with his blood. And he silenced the voice of law forever concerning the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Now look at Romans chapter 8. Deuteronomy said, everything that Moses said was con condemnation. Romans chapter 8 has a new song. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, please. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hello, my friend. Hello. Moses' gang, I'm sorry for you. But I am not in the tabernacle of Moses. I am in Christ. And because I am in Christ, there is no more condemnation for me. Hey, the word condemnation is never for the right people. It's always for somebody who has done something wrong. Right? You can condemn someone who has done something wrong. He's guilty of something. Now, after I've done things wrong, the blood of Jesus makes me right with the Father. That's why the Bible says he defeated the enemy that I had with the Father and reconciled us. Now I belong to him. The song of slave is removed and song of son is released. There is a new song that God wants us to sing today, man. What Pastor Jeremy sang, it's a good news. It's our song.
It's our song. You know why? Because Lord has been gracious to us. Oh, there has been this like, like the one who has seen God started accusing the one who is in the hand of God and tormenting him all the days of the life. The law started accusing us all the days of our life, but we are in the hand of Jesus now. The Bible says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Next verse is so amazing. Verse number two. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the life of sin and death. Isn't it beautiful? Now you can enter boldly into the holy of holies. What does the Bible say? Now therefore, because all of this thing is taken care of, because the voice of law is taken care of, because now the voice of condemnation has been removed from the most holy place, therefore now you and I can boldly enter into his presence. Boldly enter into his presence. The moment I come, Daddy, I come to you. Oh, my fire, there is rejoicing. Now when a, when a sinner comes to the Lord, there is rejoicing in heaven. Why? No longer heaven and earth are against me. Now they are for me. No longer God is angry at me. He is gracious to me. That's why every letter that apostles wrote, it always have grace and peace be multiplied to you from the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing that every letter Paul wrote has this grace and peace be multiplied. Moses' letter had anger of God be multiplied on you. So this day, I lay before you life and death. And I ask you, choose life wisely. Choose life wisely. Don't let the voice of law rob you of the price Jesus paid for your freedom. Don't allow that voice of accusation to be the final word in your heart. Will enemy try to condemn you? Yes, that's his job. Every time he opens mouth, garbage will come out. Every time he talks, lies will come out. Every time he talks, manipulation will come out. Every time he opens his mouth, life doesn't come out. But the Bible is saying we are no longer under the law. You know, the Bible says us something so beautiful in the scripture. I, I like this scripture passage. You know, even in Romans, he says, in 6.14, for sin shall no longer have dominion over you, for you are no longer under the law, but you are under grace. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Why? Because you are no longer under the law. Why am I not under the law? Simple, Jesus changed my song. Hallelujah. I am under grace, and because I am under grace, hey, I am free. God looks at me as blameless, washed in the blood of Jesus. Someone might say, oh, pastor, are you giving me license to sin? No, I am giving you license to live. <laughs> Why? Because law kills. It's the spirit of life that gives you life. This morning, I don't know where you are in your journey with the Lord. But if you have been tormented by voices in your heart that trouble you, 
that tell you that you're not good enough, that tell you, yes, God is good. Oh, Pastor Miller is good. Oh, Pastor Jeremy is good. You know, but I, I have this problem. Pastor, it's been so long. Let me tell you, the Bible says the grace of God has come to all man with a good news that salvation is for everyone. The grace of God is now revealed unto salvation for all men, for everyone. The grace of God is for everyone. And the Bible goes on to say that that grace teaches you. Teaches you what? How to say no to sin. That law could not do. Grace of God does. Yes. Hallelujah. So tonight, this morning, I want to ask you. If you have been living under the pain and the guilt and the shame and under the voice of Moses and you need freedom today, I want you to raise up your hand so that we can pray together and God will show himself powerful on behalf of you. If that's you who has this problem, would you please leave your place and come forward? We want to pray with you. Can I request ministry team to please come forward? Pray. And as people come, you know, this, this is a time of deliverance. This is a time where inner voice is going to change. You know, Job wrote something so incredible in the scripture. Job said this, Oh Lord, by your mercy, my spirit is preserved. By your mercy, my spirit is preserved. This morning, my prayer is that the inner core witness of your heart will change. And the voice of grace of Jesus will take over the voice of guilt and condemnation. There is no one here who has not fallen short of the glory of God. But God's grace is bigger. So please come and let the ministry.